Hi, and welcome to the Sage's Cabin podcast. I'm your host, Rox Madeira. So grab a cup of tea and come and join me in the Sage's Cabin as we chat about everything from herbal gardening, herbal medicine, movement practices, wild food, postnatal, and just general well-being. Talking to Chris from Transition Sterling, which is an environmental charity focusing on helping people in Stirlingshire area transition to a more resilient, sustainable way of living, and it provides a positive local response to climate change. So we're talking all about their workshops and their tool library and repair workshops, etc. And um, so they're going to be at the Wild Foods Festival in September. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi Rox, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining me on the podcast um, and we're looking forward to having you at the Scottish Wild Food Festival in September. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. It'd be great if we could start with um, you talking about what you do, Transition Sterling, and just tell us all about it. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, Transition Sterling is um, an environmental charity based in Sterling but covering Sterling Shire, so the, the whole area. Um, we've been going for about 12 years or so now, I think, um, and we have many projects. Uh, well, we include the tool library, so you can borrow items from us for, for free, just like a, a book library, but it's a library of things. So we've got power tools, hand tools, gardening, kitchen, crafting, and all sorts, everything in between. Um, we also have a community food project. Uh, where we're taking surplus food from the supermarkets that might otherwise be wasted or people can donate as well. So we have a few people from the allotments uh, that donate surplus food to us as well. And we distribute that out to whoever wants it. It's not based on need, it's based on want. We also have a, um, a wood reuse project where we're taking pallets and scrap wood and making things from them, such as planters and garden furniture, uh, we've done a couple of commissions for schools, for, for benches and various other bits and pieces. Um, and we run events as well. So we run events around cooking, growing, foraging, sewing, furniture upcycling, film screenings, all with an aim to um, educate and uh, deliver skills around sustainability, uh, reusing um, and climate awareness. Okay. And you're going to be coming to the festival to do a workshop. Um, yeah. what, what is it that, how do you think that the festival kind of fits in with what you're doing? And also what's the workshop that you're going to be offering? Um, well, first of all, uh, we, we attended the first um, Scottish Wild Food Festival a couple of years ago. Um, and this is why I want to come back because it was such a fantastic day. Um, but the whole festival sort of fits in with our ethos because we're all about seasonal and sustainable um, and I think the festival really promotes that, um, having local producers and um, uh, artisans and chefs, et cetera. Um, so keeping everything within, within quite a, a small locale uh, is, is quite important to us. And of course, seasonal as well, because um, if we're taking seasonal, uh, then uh, we're sort of working with nature. Um, and furthermore, um, there was uh, quite a lot of uh, uh, a focus on foraging last year and I'm sure that'll be the same this year as well um, 
and that's that you can't really get too much more local and seasonal if you're going out and foraging what's in, in the uh, the local area anyway. Um, so what we're going to be doing is sort of tapping into uh, to both of those. Um, there's, uh, there's a contact around Sterling who has the most productive apple tree I think I've ever seen. Um, so we're going to be collecting apples. Um, I think it took about three of us an hour and a half to collect all the apples last year. There was so many. So we're going to get a load of apples and then do some apple juicing um, for anyone who stops by and we'll have a chat about Transition Sterling, about the environment, and you can have some uh, freshly squeezed apple juice that you've squeezed yourself. We have a, a massive um, apple press um, and fruit crusher, so we'll be bringing that along so you can squeeze your own apple juice and, um, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Mm, sounds nice. It's quite often you see apple trees in parks and stuff, don't you, that the apples just end up just lying on the floor and nobody ever takes them? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's so many uh, community orchards that are just sadly going to waste and um, some really, really good fruit, the best fruit in Sterling on, on these apple trees. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think you go out and you spend the money to buy them in supermarkets, but you're never sure whether you're allowed to pick them, you know, in parks and stuff. Everyone's a bit like, oh, somebody else must be going to pick them and then nobody does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I guess the whole, our, our event and your project or kind of trying to tell people to you can you can pick the apples and or, or the blackberries or whatever else and yeah. use them instead of them just going to waste obviously within reason living stuff for the animals and birds and everything yeah yeah absolutely the forager's code is very important yeah but to say how people can get in contact with you and with transition sterling yeah, so we have, uh, we're, we're across all the social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Um, we have our website, which is probably the best first point of call, because that's where everything goes, the events and contact and everything. You can contact us straight through the website, or just email info at transitionsterling.org.uk. Um, currently, um, we're having uh, major issues with our phone line, so it's best not to phone uh, right now. Um, probably emailing is the uh, the best way. And you can also uh, come in and see us at um, 5 Well Green Lane uh, in Stirling. It's a little bit tucked away, but um, the community food project's open every day, 10 till 12. So you can come in and check that out. And the tool library itself is open Tuesday and Friday mornings and Thursday afternoon, evening until seven. Okay. And do you help other people set up things like this if they are interested in setting up in their areas? Indeed, yes. Um, I've personally been out to um, to Killin, who's uh, trying to or have set up um, uh, recycling um, out there. And we were involved with uh, or helping out with um, Cumbernauld uh, Tool Library as well. And um, very excitingly, we've recently uh, secured some uh, some Erasmus funding, which is going to help us uh, try and develop um, uh, tool libraries with some European partners. So uh, we, we saw very early stages with that, but yeah, watch this space. But we're always happy to help someone um, to, to give advice and information because we've been going for the tool library itself has been going a few years now. So we know what to do, what not to do and um, potential pitfalls, etc. Yeah, we're always very, uh, very happy to, to help and um, encourage people to do this sort of thing. And do you think there's more and more people becoming involved in, in it and kind of yeah. realising the use of what you do? Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, I think the right to repair has become uh, quite a big thing and, and is, is now in, in common parlance. 
it's um it's something that people i think programs such as the repair shop and money for nothing have been really helpful to this as well um and uh yeah i think libraries of things are popping up all over the place where um i'm actually in a meeting um this week with uh with um, a network of um libraries of things uh, uh transition sterling went down to london for the inaugural um library of things um consortium uh, that wasn't the word to use but <laughs> it works and um, where where uh, libraries of things from places like belfast edinburgh ourselves um bath and uh, bristol birmingham i think everyone sort of came together and we're sort of trying to develop this sort of almost um this network of libraries of things to try and promote the idea and to get them in every town essentially that that's the dream so um waste is um is really taken down to a to a, a minimum so, so like, for example 10 people borrowing one of our drills means that nine drills aren't being bought and if yeah. you um if you scale that up across every town and city then the, the numbers are, are just quite staggering really and and things like like drills cordless drills and things there's a lot of rare earth elements especially in the batteries um and that, that can reduce the the need for for mining and etc okay that's interesting yeah i guess it's that, that kind of think small and but act globally isn't it absolutely i think yeah, <laughs> i mean there's, there's a lot of things that you can do within your own um own town or or at least like where, where we are we're quite well placed because we're in, in the central belt we've got edinburgh and glasgow and and perth to some extent as well i guess um and if you can if you can't do it or find it in any of them probably you don't need it or <laughs> don't want it <laughs> and so people can just can they just come along and drop in like how do you actually borrow stuff from the library so you need to become a member um, and you can do again you can do that through the website or you can come in and talk to us and we can sign you up okay. um, and you pay an, an annual well it's a suggested donation for a year so the suggestion is 30 pounds for the year but we're aware that times have been tough recently and because um, we're a university town as well we get a lot of students and I remember what it's like being a student you don't have any disposable income um, so the idea is that we would rather people don't pay and use the service than don't use the service because they can't feel like they can pay. Mm -hmm. um, so even if it's a £10 note or whatever, or some people will, will not not pay um, in the interim and then uh, immediately. And then when they've realised they've used the service a lot, then make a donation down the line and, and we're more than happy with that. Um, and then you just need to show us a photographic ID and proof of the address within the last three months um, and then you're good to go. You can borrow whatever you like for um, for the, a maximum of a month in week long blocks. So some, if you borrow a, an item, you've got it for a week unless no one else wants to reserve that item. Um, but otherwise you can uh, renew, you renew it. And um, you can have as many items out as you want at a time. Um, and we also have things like drill bits that you can borrow and uh, yeah, all sorts of things. Um, and yeah, then your membership lasts, uh, currently it'll last until March the 31st, because that's when our funding runs out, um, and we're yet to see what happens after that. Okay, and um, do you have like a repair? Um, we do have a repair service, yeah, I forgot all about the repair service. So you can bring items in, uh, small electricals or mechanical items or anything. We take pretty much anything apart from textiles 
Um, and we're sort of looking into doing IT repairs as well. Um, our IT repair guy has sadly uh, recently left us. He's qualified as a teacher. Um, so he's going into bigger and better things. Um, but yeah, you can bring your items in and, and we'll we'll do our best to fix them. And again, suggested fee of £15. Uh, um, but again, pay as you feel on, on any of that. That's quite good as well, because that obviously takes a lot of things out of landfill, but also saves a lot of money, doesn't it? Totally. Buying new things constantly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm, that's great. Yeah, it's like trying to, I suppose it's trying to get people to get into a different mindset of, instead of just having to, oh, I need this, go and, I have to go and buy it. It's yeah. Oh, sorry. I was speaking to a woman in a, in a shop a while ago, and every year she buys a new kettle because it's easier than getting it pat tested every year. And that just—it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Every single year, the new kettle. And it's not a broken kettle. No, no, perfectly <laughs> fine. It's only a year old. Right. I thought she was getting really unlucky, broken kettles every year. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. And then, and the um, the food like the food uh, project. Community project. Yeah, it's a really good idea as well. I remember like. I used to work in a soup kitchen and we used to have donations from some companies. And then at one point they just said, oh, we're not allowed to give you anything anymore. And they started just throwing things in the bin and just spraying them with all this like blue paint and stuff. And yeah. so that nobody could actually go in and get them. And it was just it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I used to work in a supermarket and, and it was the same with we'd, we'd, we'd waste things. I, I started refusing to do it because I, I just couldn't couldn't do it anymore I would, would be wasting things that were fine there's nothing wrong mm. with them. they're in sealed packages but because the box is open um like biscuits in individual packaging but uh yeah the box is open so we can't sell it so we have to throw it out it's, i know the supermarket's quite happy now to kind of to give these out to people yeah. but like to you i'm into your project <laughs> yeah yeah that's it I don't know what happened at that point. Everybody suddenly was like, no, we can't give anything out. It's all this safe health and safety. Somebody might get sick. Like, yeah. If you just spray it in your bin and then everyone's going to get sick anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if they come and like do bin. bin I, think, I think what it possibly is, is like the, there's maybe one sentence in small print that's ambiguous and then they cover themselves. Uh, it's like, no, we're not we're blanket ban on everything. It's like, you should not give out food. And I was like, oh, we should not. We're not going to. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yeah, well, that's good to hear that that's changed anyway. People. Yeah, yeah. I think there was an outrage a few years ago about how much food was actually going to waste, and then I remember someone was um, um, taken to court for taking food out of the bins uh, behind a supermarket, and uh, I think it was suggested that that wasn't a good idea to take someone to court for that. I think they were yeah. up or homeless or something. It's like, come on, have some humanity. If someone's yeah. going through the bins to get food, they probably need the food, right? Yeah. Or well, they just don't want to see it going to waste. Yeah. 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 We used to do that in our flat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know many people who uh, who did as well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, your project sounds great. And we're looking forward to seeing it in the festival. So it was really nice to chat with you. Yeah, you too. We're very much looking forward to being there as well. you got some ideas and some inspiration from that interview with Chris from Transition Sterling and they will be at the Scottish Wildfood Festival in September 
Tickets for which are on sale now, and the workshop bookings are on open now as well. It's going to be at Tiernanog, um, just outside of Drimmen, near Glasgow. And you can get tickets from www.scottishwildfoodfestival.co.uk As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please like, share and subscribe and tell everybody else about it. Thank you.